Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I stepped out to grab my Bible and my notes. Are we having technical difficulty? We did. Ha! We beat technical difficulty with amazing grace though, right? That's how you punch technology across the face with a few verses and a few choruses. Um, Man, it is great. Just uh, thank you for coming in with the heart to worship because um, that allows um, for us to just exist in an environment where we can just sing. I mean, just talk about how good God is because he is good, right? Um, we don't we don't always have to have uh, music just to testify to that. Um, these past few weeks have just been, man, busy, 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 uh, but encouraging. I uh, want to let you know about a, um, a couple of other things coming up as far as opportunities. I did not mention this in um, announcements. I just failed to. Um, number one, we um, on the last Saturday of this month, we are going to have, on Saturday morning, we're going to have um, some breakfast available, but we're going to take that Saturday morning to kind of have our, um, really our financial planning meeting with our church family for this year and kind of look at some goals that we have coming up. So we'll, we'll look at some things, some budget structure we've got, but we're also going to talk about um, where we're at on um, some giving with our Together campaign and also um, some goals that we just have and kind of where we see potentials of growth in our church. Um, so we want to invite you in. So we'll have a little bit of food um, and, and a great opportunity just to be in and kind of celebrate um, the goodness of God that morning. So we want to invite you in to take part. I know a lot of, a lot of times Saturdays get busy, uh, but really for our members and for those that really feel like this is, this is home, this is family, uh, we want to invite you in to really kind of hear some of that stuff. Um, also, kind of coming up over the next few weeks, it's going to be uh, really a fun next few weeks. Today, there's a couple of folks um, that are going to be introduced, or actually three people that will be introduced um, as members of the church. So we're excited about that, people really coming in and, and taking ownership and this, this set of relationships that we're a part of. Um, we, I hope that we'll have more coming out of our last starting point and other meetings I've had. Um, but next week and the following, we're also going to be praying over some families, um, really kind of on this mindset of really dedicating our, our kids and our parenting, those kind of things to the Lord. So we'll have that as part of some of our services. So if you haven't been in on that yet, but you go, hey, I would really like to um, really take this season with our kids, especially maybe while they're young now and be a part of that, please let me know. I'd love to talk to you, kind of know what the background is behind that and what we'll be up to and really kind of what we'll be aimed at. Because I have found that um, nothing exposes my weaknesses more than parenting. Well, also in being a husband, and a pastor, I probably ought to go to counseling this week, really. Um, there's, there's just every area of my life seems to expose these, but we're going we're gonna to work on this together, right? That's why we're, that's why we're doing life together. Um, we're going to be in the book, of, um, in the letter of 1 John this morning, chapter 4. We're going to be talking about love. And, I, and here's the thing. I, I don't usually like um, going into subjects that are really on top of the holiday that we're next to. Um, I, as a husband, and listen, guys, if you want to feel better about your own failures, listen up. I have never been a really big Valentine's Day guy. Um, I have not just excelled um, at expressing my love for my, my wife on Valentine's Day. And guys, I think we can all agree. We have amazing wives. We're in relationships with women that we can't possibly put a dollar figure on, on a gift that we buy. We can't put into one card the way we feel in the depths of our soul because, guys, we, we wrestle with how we express our emotions, right? Like, it's, it's not easy for us, guys. Can I mean, are you with me on that? Like, we don't, like, it's, it's hard for us, right? So for us to live under the slavery of a holiday that just puts an expectation that we can't live up to, 
right? Like, do you ever, you ever wake up on February 14th and realize there's no way you can succeed that day? So just ladies, just in grace, can we just, can we just love our husbands on this, this Valentine's Day, this holiday? Can we just, can we embrace the struggle together? And, and we, we as, as husbands, we are prepared to receive that grace. I just want to let you know, spiritually, we have readied ourselves to embrace your openness for us to just be us, just for one day, just for one day. So ladies, thank you so much. Wives, we appreciate you. But we are going to be talking about love today. Um, love is, it's, it's complicated. Um, I, I laugh when I look back and think about everything relationally that happened in my life leading up to just meeting my wife, um, from like the early girlfriends, like I, I don't even want to remember that stuff. Like, I, like when you're in middle school, like figuring out if you're gonna like kiss a girl's is enough. Like figuring out what to do with the retainers, that's just too much, right? Like that's, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I share too much sometimes, but I, I, I realize in in that in that track of life. I've grown so much in understanding really what relational love is when it comes to the relationship that I'm in and marriage with my wife. And, and, and I, I understand the magnitude of, of that love. And I also realize that there's been times in my life where I've just kind of walked into incredible deep love that I really never knew existed. Um, when we had our first son, now I'm, I'm, not, um, <clears throat> I'm not excellent in any area of my life, um, and, and I found that to be true as well when, we, when my wife was giving birth. I, I, didn't, I didn't sweep in like a hero in those moments either, but I, I remember this moment where I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready to be a dad, and I, and I had no idea what change in my life would happen just in the moments of actually seeing with my eyes my son. No idea that an instantaneous love could just show up in my life and to the point where when we, we've got three sons, and, and when we had our second, I was so nervous because I'm sitting here going, I, I realize the depth of love that I have for the son that we have is like, what am I going to do when I see this second child we have and I don't feel this same connection? And only to realize in that moment, in, in seeing him, discovering that incredible depth became instantaneously there again. And it's just this, this thing about love, it, it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem uncommon, I think, for all of us to come to a place where we would agree that there is, there, there's love, but then there, there is greater love. Sometimes we discover that because we mature in our own understanding. Um, sometimes we just um, haven't experienced something that would fall into the category of greater. Sometimes that greater love comes not through um, romantic moments but actually through difficulty so then all of a sudden we learn this lesson of sometimes a greater love is brought by a tough situation and, and like our mind just keeps getting blown because I, I do think that we we have a dangerous concept of love out there um, in, in in our society that just kind of just love is love and it's it, it, it can be anything and any version and and so how do we measure that right like because if, if we let sin take love and run with it I mean, you get to criminal activity, like deep, dark places. 
So I, I don't believe that we have the freedom or we think we, we should have the freedom to just kind of let love run rampant in any direction it wants to go because love is something that sin can carry in the wrong direction. So this morning I've got a few goals. One is I'd like for us to kind of discover together um, really what a greater love looks like, um, but then also make sure that in, in kind of identifying a greater love that we leave with some some context, some parameters of, like, how can I engage in this? Now, when, when I say what, what a greater love is, um, it, it is not my goal this morning to directly, and, and I, will, I think we can do it indirectly, but I can't directly fix your husband this morning. If he was a mess when he came in, probably going to be a mess this afternoon too, okay? Sorry. Um, I, can't, I can't fix your wife this morning, right? We need, we need a few more sessions for that kind of work. But, but indirectly this morning, like all guys were like, I'm not even going to look at her right now. When you said fix my wife, I know. I'm, I'm fixed enough to know that I can't turn my head right now. I got to be, I got to be neck braced in. I just, I laugh because the, like it was funny when I said fix your husband, wives were like, I know. And she's just like looking. And then it's like fix your wife. It was like, mm-mm, not looking. <laughs> not going down like that. There's cameras in this place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to get amusement at your facial expressions, but I do on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I do want to give some context for how we can love in a greater way. Um, so this morning, there's going to be passages on the screen. Uh, the notes will look a little different. Some of these verses, actually several of these verses, um, are going to look like classroom notes. There's going to be some words highlighted. There'll be some circles on there. There'll be some arrows pointing because I think we need to catch some of this stuff. These passages are not ones, if you spent a long time in church, these are probably not passages that you've just missed, but there is deep meaning in these passages. And there's some there's some, there's some discovery to be done that if we just read it over, we'll get a little bit of the meaning, but we won't get a lot of the deep meaning as we go through these, okay? So we're going to start 1 John um, chapter 4, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read these verses um, as they appear on the screen. This is just going to be kind of a text version, and then we'll actually bring up a separate slide that kind of shows like a little bit of markup notes and that kind of thing. So start reading verse 7 uh, down through verse 11, and it says this, uh, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might, have, we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Um, in fact, if you go down to verse 19, it says that um, just clearly the reason that we love others is because we, we were first loved by Christ. Um, there, there's, a, there's a starting point to love in our life that we're, we're not seeing exactly word for word in this, but, it, but it's contained in this chapter. And then finally, verse 11, dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. Now, um, here's kind of the marked up version of these notes that I want to kind of start going through with you as, as we kind of walk through this way, um, because I, I hope this kind of helps break this down and make sure that we get all of these different parts of this verse. First thing I want to look at is this. Dear friends, um, let us love one another because love is from God. Um, when, when we think about this concept of, of what is my call to love someone, um, what is my responsibility? How am I supposed to see love in a way that it gives me some kind of purpose and direction? Um, we get a lot of knowledge just from this one section. Consider this, um, that, that we are called to love someone because 
first of all, love wasn't just poured into our life just for me. I think sometimes we develop slowly, gradually, kind of a selfish view of God's love. Um, we're going to talk this morning about a few ways that this shows up in our life. And I think sometimes um, the, one, of those, one of those things is, is seen in this, this short couple of phrases, that we start to look at this love, we fall in love with this idea that God loves me so much, and we really focus on how God loves me, and we forget that there was a purpose that God even loved us. And part of that purpose, we start to get a glimpse of it in this, that we are supposed to not just receive that love and hold that love and love that love, but then actually purpose that into the lives of other people. So if you look around and you see hard-to-love people, and you will see those folks, um, we, we don't get, when, when, this, when this passage is really written to us here, we don't get the freedom and the permission to start to categorize people. Now, there are some wise categories to put people in in our lives, if we're Christians, if we're saved. Um, it's very important to know the people you're dealing with when you can, if they have a relationship with Jesus or they don't. That makes a huge difference in how you communicate with them, what you can kind of expect to see in their life and not in their life. Um, if, if someone is someone who's, uh, the Bible would call maybe a person of peace for you, um, that's somebody who, that's, they, they live in a category of somebody that will listen often to you when you spend time and you invest in them. But then there's also people that are not people of peace, and the Bible kind of gives us the freedom to not carry the burden of what they refuse to listen to, but allow them to be And as we continue to live and love and serve the Lord. But, but we are given love for a purpose. Now, um, everyone doesn't love people. And, and when I read this this week, I went, okay, and you know what I assumed about myself? Right away, immediately. Oh, I'm in the category that loves people. I, I'm, I'm surely that's where I live. And, and honestly, and I, I want to kind of confess this at the at the outset of this message. The more the, the farther I go through these passages, the farther I see, I'm not always in the category of being the one who is loving someone. Like I, I really saw holes and weaknesses in my love for other people as I worked through this. So it, it, it does say here. Everyone who loves someone, and, and it, gives, it gives two things that are, that are sure about them, okay? Everyone that loves has been, number one, born of God. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This, this is a greater kind of love here. We're not talking about kind of romantic casual. We're not talking about Brian Adams, Luther Vandross, or whoever it is that's going to kind of help you make it through the next few days, right? No matter where you are relationally, whether you are looking for love in all the wrong places um, looking for love in all the wrong faces, um, searching their eyes. Um, I, I, I'll stop because we didn't have enough music. Y'all might want me to sing it. I can tell. It's, in, it's right there with you. Um, no matter where you are in relationship, we're not talking about a romantic kind of love. We're not talking about a casual friendship kind of love. We're talking about a love that is greater. It, it can be towards all those people, but this is a greater kind of godly love. They are someone who's saved and someone who knows God. Now, the next part of this, to me, this is one of the parts of this passage that really grabbed me because it says this in verse 8, the one who does not love does not know God. Now, that no is not just, um, have you met him in salvation? That no is a, that's an experience kind of no. That's a relationship kind of no. Uh, I remember when, uh, I remember growing up, um, the church I went to, consistently use the King James Version. And every time 
when they read passages, and like when it talked about Mary and Joseph, and it says that he did not know her, I thought, well, that's odd. They were engaged. Like, how in the world did they never meet? And when you ask that question when you're in like second grade Sunday school, you get a blank stare from a Sunday school teacher that's like, I don't want to explain to you what no means. And then we get clued in. Oh, no means they had a physical relationship. In other words, they had some, that, that no meant there was experience with that person. They had seen them in a different light. That's a, that's a Doug Stone line right there, if you ever heard it. They, they, they've seen that person totally different. Andy got it. He's heard it. He heard the song. Thank you, Andy. That, 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 there's a difference there. So, so here's the deal. It, it says in that passage, clearly, clearly, the one who does not love has not had enough intimate relational experience with God to have changed them in a way to then love someone else. So, so what's still included? You could still then be in a category of someone who does not love, and you could also share the characteristic that you have been born of God. Isn't that crazy? It seems like when, in salvation, God would so miraculously change us and so necessarily change us that we would never have the option to both be saved and consider it an option that we would really love people. But as Jesus taught, the two great commandments agree with this, that we're supposed to first love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then second and equally as important, after that, go and love others. So, so yes, we can be saved and also really not be effectively loving people. And that seems like a crazy outcome to me. It really does. It seems super, super odd because it, it, creates, um, it creates a world for um, a lot of hypocrites. And I told you, as I read this passage, I thought, I mean, this really started to kind of hit home in my heart. If I looked at specific relationships and said, okay, I, I see a lack of evidence that I'm actually functionally loving that person because it's, it's not just about how you feel. It's about really how you act towards them. And I'm, I'm going, okay, if, I, if I'm really not loving them, it doesn't actually mean that I'm not saved, but it, but it really means that this critical part of, and this, this evidence here of, of what can I do to fix this. And, and if you're wondering, hey, what can I do really? Where can I start in my heart to try to repair some of these things and, and get there to this greater love that I can show people? Well, there, this tells us right off the bat, there's great effect in spending time learning, experiencing, relationally being with the Lord, daily devotion, small group interaction, accountability with brothers and sisters in Christ, really diving deep into who the Lord is and, and what he teaches and how he works in your life and dwelling on that. So that then becomes the, the changing factor in our life. Because all of this is because the standard is not that love can be defined in any way, but God himself is love. So what does that say about this perfect and holy God? Whether it's creation, whether it's an active work in your life now, um, for God to not love would mean he'd have to cease being God. So we're going to talk about in just a minute kind of how we see his love functioning out. But before we do this, I want to kind of make sure that we can prove this point of, yes, it, there exists a possibility of being saved and not loving, okay? And, and I, want to, I want to paint a picture of actually how far you can go with this course in life. Because I, this, this particular passage I'm getting ready to read really helped me see, oh my goodness, I, I can really get far being saved but actually not loving. I can live a life that gets complimented and, and is well thought of, even still not loving. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 
chapter 13. Um, a lot of 1 Corinthians 13 gets rehearsed about what love is and what love isn't. I don't want to dive into how love is patient and how it doesn't hold a grudge. I'm going to stay out of that territory this morning, and I actually want to just really be in the verses that precede that, okay? So if you can go ahead and put up the, the, the version of this that's got highlights in it. I'm going to re read verses 1 through 3. And, and this, is, this is the Holy Spirit speaking here through Paul to this church that was really have some, having some emotional struggles. And it says this, If I speak human or angelic tongues... But do not have loved, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, then I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now, I've read that passage so many times in my life and thought, man, yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. If, if I don't really have love in my heart, then, then, then my words are not going to be really taken to heart. They're just going to be sound out in the air. And, I, and I've always read that passage from that perspective. And I've never really until recently in studying through this, in, 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 in preparation even just to preach this, I, have I felt very convicted about how this passage talks about all the good directions that we can go still lacking the kind of love that we need to show other people. This says... You, you can use your spiritual gifts and actually lack love. You can, you can give generously. You can even sacrifice yourself. You, you, can, you can put your life on the line for somebody. You can schedule your time for them. You, you, can, go, you can take them all the places you, they need to go. You can have all the conversations they could possibly need. You could do all those things and not actually functionally be loving them. Now, before you go this route, we haven't yet got to the point in the message that we're going to define a really godly, greater kind of love yet. All right, so just just stay with me on this. Um, it, it also talks in here that, that you can have great faith. You can trust. You can expect great things from the Lord. You can do great things for the Lord, but you can actually still lack authentic love functionally in your life. And, and as I read this, I really began to kind of wake up to, okay, Lord, I... I I can see clearly that you're telling me this, this whole thing of being able to be saved but still not loving, this creates a lot of ground for me to live really unaware of the spiritual condition that I'm actually in. And, and if you've ever maybe said this, maybe you've ever been a season in your life where you've kind of said, hey, well, I, I've looked, all of a sudden I realized the relationship that I always thought I was in was not the one that I was in. I feel like I was living in something that didn't exist. Something kind of came crashing down, or I kind of just woke up to the fact that really the, 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 the relationship that we were in was not all that it could be. This agrees. This actually agrees. And it, and it, and it shows that this could really capture and hook any of us. If you ever just had the nagging feeling that, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm married, and we're doing good things. I mean, we're giving, we're raising kids, but just this just doesn't seem to be adding up in my soul to the significance that I feel like this should carry based on the way God talks about just living for him and, 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 the, and the purpose of marriage. I, I just I feel like it's just not up to where it should be. This echoes the same kind of thing. But the beauty is, is that we get a lot of instruction on how to, how to see this a different way. So let's go back to John chapter 4. Um, and see the next few things that are pointed out. Verse 9, um, God's love, and we're going to see a couple things. You'll notice 
um, kind of boxed in, you'll see the word revealed and consists. So we're going to now see um, how God's love, this greater love, was shown and, and in what form it exists in, okay? It says God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we, may, we might live through him. Love consists in this way. Now, that's this is very important. Um, it says love consists in, not love consists of, okay? So we're not, we're not breaking down love to see the ingredients of it, and that's a key understanding. Um, last night, I went and bought all the ingredients that I needed um, to win the chili cook-off today between parents at the uh, Super Bowl party, right? Um, only to really think through later, I am preparing a really delicious chili for a generation whose taste palate is predominantly chicken nuggets and Sour Patch Kids. I don't think we should let him vote today. That's just my personal opinion. That's up to Ethan and how he feels like the Lord moves him in the wisdom that I've just shared. Maybe he'll hear the sermon later. Okay, so th- this, is, this is what love exists in, not the ingredients of it, okay? So it exists in, it lives in this, that not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So we see it revealed in Jesus and we see that it, it exists not by God being motivated because I loved him first. That In verse 19, it reaffirms this. But that, that God actually is the founding lover in the relationship. He, he's, he's really the covenant maker and keeper. He's the one that establishes the relationship with us and keeps it. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But, but here's the dangerous road to this, okay? Um, would you put up the slide that has Romans um, 5.8 on it? Romans 5, 8 very familiar, familiarly says this, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if I just take these simple truths and I go, okay, all right, God, so here's, here's how your love is revealed. Here's, here's, what, here's the environment that exists in. It exists in all that you do for me. And I fall in love with this idea that, that, that Jesus just does these good things for me. He come and pursues me in my sin, Right? Like Romans 5, 8, in, in that while I was not worthy, he came and pursued me and offered this relationship with me. And, and we draw a tight circle around that and say, okay, God, that's how you show this love. And, and, and I make that, if I'm, not, if I'm not careful, a very selfish perspective on God's love. Because that's where we get tricked and go, okay, well, the only way I can love someone is just pursue them, just chase after them. You ever done that in a relationship and realize how unhealthy that became? I mean, sometimes you're chasing after a cold heart that's not ready to change. And here's the thing. You chase and you chase and you chase, and you know what happens? You end up somewhere that is not safe for you. Right? That, like that preaches in faith, and that just preaches in real-world application. And, and here's, here's, here's a good check with this, okay? Because I, I do agree that, that the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus dying for us and God showing us his love that way brings us into a relationship with him. But it also, in a bigger picture, doesn't just bring us in a relationship with him, but it reveals God. It shows his plan. It shows his greatness and his glory. It shows the depth of his love. It shows so much about him. So real quick, let's look at one other passage and, and kind of add to this understanding that we've got. Um, this is John chapter 11 verses 1 through 6. This is, the, this is when Jesus brings Lazarus back to life. 
okay? It says, Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, here, here's, here's what's key. These are people that have, that have a growing relationship with the Lord, with Jesus. He knows them, and, and he does, in fact, love them. Verse 4, when Jesus heard it and said, this sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. First word of verse 6 is what? Say it one more time. Okay, um, some translations will put therefore. So what we have is, we have an, um, we're getting ready to get the explanation of what came before. What came before? Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So out of that real love, what does Jesus do? Does he swoop in in a salvation way? Does he, does he sacrifice himself? No, it says when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So here's a couple of notes on this passage. When we see the action of Jesus, what Jesus does is the function of his love for these three individuals. It doesn't look like we think probably love would look. It doesn't rush to their aid. It doesn't do that. But, but why? Why does it not look the way we think it should look? Because if it looked the way that we think it should look, it wouldn't have achieved the greater purpose, which was what? The glory of God. So in other words, for God to more fully be known, Jesus had to do something that in the moment was going to feel and be experienced more difficultly. Now we can step back and go, I get it. I can understand that. I can read that and take in the details. I have no problem being on board, Jesus, with what you did in that story. But then we get to our story. And, and maybe the expectations that we want to see Jesus perform in look a little bit different because in, in my story, I'm the one feeling and experiencing and hurting, not the names on the page. I'm the one that it's not right with. I'm the one that's in the brokenness. And, and I want quicker reaction. Okay, so that's where we have to go back to. What, what is it about um, the person that can love fully love in a greater way, a godly way, um, the person that can experience that love and give that love, what is it, that, that they belong to God, that they are born of God, that they are saved, and that they know him. So when, remember, some of our, some of our goals this year, to learn ourselves and learn Jesus, I, I really quickly can learn me. I want quick reactions to my hurts. But if I learn Jesus, then I look at it and go, okay, Jesus, you're, you're not just, my good isn't defined by what feels better. My good is defined by how does my life enter into the, the glory of God? How, how do I know you more and how do other people know you more? And, it, and if that's the glory of God, then that's what God in his love is working us towards. And, and, and fortunately, he isn't pulled by public opinion. Right, So he can stay the course and stay the plan. He, he, he doesn't wrestle with his emotions. He doesn't have someone that, 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 that he's emotionally broken over look at him and go, you're not enough for me, and you don't do this the way I need it done. He, he isn't moved by that like we are when we tend to kind of give in and go, okay, I'll do it your way. I'll love on your terms. 
See, this greater love also takes a greater discipline. And that greater discipline, again, is, is birthed out of really knowing the Lord and spending time with Him. Because if you're anything like me, there'll be moments where just out of an act of compassion and a heart of caring, you'll give in and actually love in an unhealthy way. And that's, what, that's not what this passage is calling out of us. This is only calling out a greater kind of love. Now finally, if we go back to 1 John chapter 4, the last verse says this, Dear friends, if God loved us in this way. Now that, that verse doesn't mean, did he really? Like that, that verse is saying, okay, considering this truth, considering all that the Lord has done for us, if he's, if he's acted us, if he's revealed his love and he's shown us kind of where his love lives in, in different situations, if he's taught us how to identify it and experience it, then what's the result of that? We also can have the option to love someone. I kind of like the sound of that. No, we, we must love one another. And, and that love is assuming that we're not going to exist on a lower level love, that we're going we're gonna to function in a greater kind of love. So I want to offer a couple things to you. Um, first is, um, if, if, you were, uh, if you were worn out on our risk topic, we're, we're, we're a step out of this, even though this, this greater kind of love is a risk in itself. Um, goal, actually, it says goal number five. This is actually goal number six. Sorry, I can't count my own goals. Um, for us this year, 2022, is, is simply just is to functionally love greater. I, I really want for us as a church family, for us to consider the relationships of our life, do the discipline that it takes to spend time with the Lord and experience Him as, as a foundational part and look at our marriages, look at our friendships, look at our work relationships, look at our kids and, and, and our families, look at, look at everything around us and, and start to find the discipline and start to find the kind of relationship individually with the Lord that we need to, to truly love in a greater way. Because we just saw it reflected in Jesus in just one circumstance. And, and, and I believe that this will take great discipline. So, so here's how, here's three things that I believe are going to be critical for us to do in order to really be faithful in this. Number one, our love for others must not depend on their love for us. Well, that first one stinks, doesn't it? But, but in 1 John chapter 4, what would it, what it say? That... that it was not that I loved the Lord, but is that he loved me. That, that was firm. And out of that, Jesus comes. And, and I want us to be clear on these because for me, I mean, I, I honestly, truly, in, in preparing for this, I, yesterday, yesterday, I'm talking about this message, and my amazing wife looks at me and calls out a couple relationships in my life directly to my face, and she says, I want you to know that I'm praying for you because what you're talking about is not easy for anybody, nor is it easy for you. And she looked at me, and she said, I realize right now, and, and who, she, who she mentioned, she said, I, I want you to understand, as I pray for you, Derek, I realize they don't love you well. They're not showing that. I'm not going to waste my time in arguing that with you. I'm not going to try to convince you that they really do mean well when, when evidence says they don't. 
But she said, I also realize that you're, you're going to have to love them well. And you're going to have to do it out of your own relationship with Jesus. So first of all, we have to, we have to step back from some of what we really want to, and, and please don't get me wrong, like I, I am not somebody who says, okay, well, this Christian life is so, so governed by suffering that you just, you just need to be content being miserable. I don't, I don't subscribe to that because the joy of the Lord is, is available to us. It is, it is a real thing. It is something that, that we find in Jesus, I believe, without question. And, and just to exist as, as, a, as a faithful Christ follower, man, I, the desire of my heart in your life is for that to be replicated. But I'm just a realist. But I'm a realist who believes that the joy of the Lord and the peace that he can give can outweigh all the garbage that other people throw at us when we really are grounded in him. I really do believe that. And I've experienced it. Our love for others must consider the glory of God. So what are we going to do with this one? We've got to look at intentional relationships and go, okay, you know what? I could do this. I could have this conversation with them again. I could, I could just be patient and just listen while they, while they gripe and they, they grieve and they, just, they, they, they talk this way about whoever this is, or I can go, all right, for you to know God and for God to be known, this pattern of conversations is going to have to end. I can't let you talk this way continually and be faithful myself. I've got to be a part of helping you know the Lord more, and, and, I, and I, want, I want you to know the Lord more, and I want the person that you're so grieved over, if you're having trouble loving them, I want them to know the, lo- to, to know the love of the Lord more. And, and to do that, we'll have to consider, really, what, what does it mean to know the Lord? Who is he? What does he, what does he say? Hey, these are my absolutes, and, and these things can't exist. You know, and, and one of my favorite things about um, Ephesians 4 that talks so much about communication, it doesn't tell me so much just about how my talk has to sound, but it also tells me what can exist in my conversations, what has to get out. And I believe that God will reveal this stuff to us. Um, finally, our love for others must serve their joy in Christ. Now, to find joy in Jesus, I mean, that's, that's not just a simple, clear path. To, to spend time deep in, in, in a relationship with Jesus, to really be able to find joy in Him, if that's what someone is struggling with, we have to really consider in their life, hey, have, have I really ever just asked this person that I am actually so close to? Man, and, and Troy asked this question yesterday at, at our men's breakfast. Are you spending regular time with the Lord every day? And you go, well, that's, that's none of my business. Well, Brother, sister in Christ, yeah. I mean, that's, that's accountability. Like, that is our business with each other. Really to, to consider, man, where, where are they at with the Lord? And how can I invest deeply in that? Because if, if you're anything like me, you, you've realized, can you really solve someone's problems? Can you make brokenness in a relationship okay? Can you make abuse okay? Can, can, can you make um, being mistreated and not treated fairly on a job clearly and outright okay? Can you, can, you, can you make neglect okay? No, we can't. But we can walk with someone deeper into a relationship with Jesus. There, there are tangible ways to do that. And that's one of the greatest ways I think we can, we can walk deeper with them. Now, here's, here's where this kind of thing will be tough. And, and, and again, we're, these are pretty, these are, I think these are clear goals that we're talking about. 
but, but they're not the easiest ones in the world because they're, they're the kind of goals that, that change our schedule and change where we invest and where our treasure, we, these are these kind of goals. So, so here's what's likely to happen. We're likely to have some husbands and wives where one of which is pretty self-aware, not, not out of pride, but out of just being aware that spiritually they're more active in their relationship with the Lord than the other one is. And, and, if it's, and if that's you and you're, you're a wife, you're probably looking at your husband going, is he going to listen to this? Like, is he just going to think that I'm nagging over this? And, and, but then you're going to look at his life and you're going to see holes and you're going to wonder, is he ever going to be serious about his walk with the Lord? If you're a husband, you, you're, you're, you're going to be tempted to go, if I, if I bring this up to her, she's got... She's got 5, 10, 15, 20 years of my hypocrisy to bring up against me in this moment. And I can't answer for all that. So I probably just should be silent about this. And that silence will contribute not to love, but to a slow faith. It'll be friends, family members, co-workers. And there will be things that Satan will want to twist. And, and it'll be what he does. It'll be a truth. There's, there's many times during my weeks, and especially my Sunday mornings when I stand up here in front of you, that Satan tells me the truth. He goes, you remember when you did this, and you've done this repeatedly, you, you, you know that about yourself? Boom, he turns it and wants to say, now you need to believe that you need to shut up. My hope for you in 2022 is that not just you are able to love but that you are able to be loved and I believe this is why this is so great for us to have this as a goal together because we are in relationships together so if if you are in a place where you really need to kind of receive this kind of greater love the beauty is you probably have someone near you right now or someone connected to you in this church family that will that will participate in that my prayer for you is not that all of a sudden your husband figures out all the romantic things that he's been oblivious to for 20 years. I'm a realist. It's not going to happen until you get him together with a guy that actually thinks that way. My goal for you is not that just you just feel more love or, or do more loving things just kind of romantically or just with your passions and with your hobbies. But my prayer for all of us, myself included, my family included, is that we really understand this and, and, and we start to do this. Would you bow your heads with me? Our praise team is going to be coming back up. and Just this concept of really what does it mean and look like to, to love greater. I mean, I, I hope, and, I, and, I, and I, 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 I did these slides. This was a strategy. Remember we talked about strategy? Strategy isn't thus says the Lord. I just As I processed these verses and, and, and drew shapes and drew arrows just really for my own understanding, I really wanted us to understand because I saw this trap, this, this really deep pit um, that, that's really hidden, that can suck us into it, that is, man, we can have the evidence and we can look love-ish in our lives in so many ways as we looked at. We can look like that, but in fact, it not be happening because of this context and hopefully this, this better understanding of what really greater love is. So as you think about this, whatever it is that the Lord brings to your heart and mind, I want you to know that 
that we can pray and talk over this now, even during the song and after the service. If it's the relationship between you and a spouse or you and someone else that's significant in your life, um, if it's work, family, kids, parents, whatever that is, um, I'm ready as your pastor, and and I believe we have people in this church all around you that are ready to, to raise the conversation to a more purposed, filled, and driven level of expectation and function and thought and understanding and context and clarity so that we see the God-level love and change in our relationships that we've been waiting years for. And even just foundationally, my prayer this morning and this week has been that, that as we move out of here, that this week, if you don't find anything else, you find time with Jesus. Intimate, relational time. Father God, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Lord, thank you for what you do in our lives. Lord, help us as we walk through these moments in service, as we begin to just meditate and reflect on your word, and as we look to you for, um, Lord, to be able to worship the Jesus that is risen and is is, is loving and is, is, the, is the example and, and the show of love, but he's the environment that, that love exists in. God, as we, as we worship his name, Lord, we pray that we're faithful in that. God, as we do everything, Lord, let this goal really anchor deeply into our lives and be, Lord, the purpose that we wake up with. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand up as we sing? Do a song after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, slight change of plans. Yeah, change plans. It's Super Bowl Sunday. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to make plans, make adjustments to the offense, and the defense. Special teams making make a difference today, right? Um, if I could have, uh, there's a couple families. Um, Sharon, if y'all could come up, and uh, JD, if y'all could come up as well. Um, just stand up here up front. You don't have to come up on stage where I am, but if you wouldn't mind just standing up front with me. Um, from wherever you are, um, if you can see them, uh, so basically everybody in here, whoever's here except for those that are standing behind Troy Dolly High, um, that can see them right now, um, this, this is D and J Adam, and this is their daughter Andy, and this is Sharon Limeberry, and this is her son Landon. Um, they are coming because they have already become members of our church. Um, they've in fact already been very involved and been active in a lot of different um, ways here at this church, and um, and we just want to welcome this morning. So can we do that, please? Thank you so much. Um, membership's an amazing thing. It really, it, it opens up relationships of accountability. It's really us in boldness saying, man, we, we just really feel like God is doing something in this church. Um, we, 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 want to, we want to be part of decisions together. We want to have our lives open, and we want to invest in others um, in, in ways that we all agree on, um, and, and we structure, and we set up, and and, and, man, that's so vital. These kind of relationships are really what our lives um, need in the, in the means of what the Lord does. Um, so I just want to pray over them and just welcome them because they've already been here. Their faces, I know, are familiar to you. Um, but this, too, kind of hopefully sets a target in your mind. If you haven't had a chance to really have a conversation, this is your church home, your family. Um, meet them. Have, make, make the goal over the next um, few months um, to be to have a conversation. Find out a little bit about them. 
um, they're, um, they're, they're just, they're awesome people. Um, Sharon and I actually were in youth group together way back when, so nobody's allowed to ask her anything um, that goes farther back than about three, three years. Are we in agreement on that? It goes the same way for me. Um, just saying. Um, but, but, but we just, man, she, man, she's just such an amazing person, and God's just used her in amazing ways. It's just such an encouragement. I know in my life, um, Jay um, and, and Dee have been very active in our launching of Dee Life. I know Jay really dedicates time and, and is present and has um, been so gracious to lead and just open up discussion. He just connects um, both of them do so well with God's Word. Um, Landon, I get to hang out with at his middle school. Well, actually, not at his middle school, but in a middle school ministry. also see him around youth, and um, Andy has... Um, forcefully been shown her love for children because I've recruited her for so many kids activities um, and she's done so great and so when you hear your especially your elementary age daughters talking about how awesome Andy is and you're like who is this Andy that they're introducing this is Andy right here okay so um, she's she's amazing she's awesome so let's let's take some, some time just to pray over them just ask the Lord to continue to bless them and use them within our church family and then we're going to have um, a time of worship as we conclude with a song. Lord, thank you so much, God, for what you do in relationships. Lord, I thank you for sharing and just, God, the impact that she's, I know, selfishly had on my life. Um, God, just been such a genuine, um, Lord, just not lover of Jesus, but lover of people. As long as I've known her, I thank you so much for her um, commitment and heart uh, for her family and how she just um, not not just loves and invests into Landon's life, but God, I, how I see her open um, her heart to everybody that she's connected to and, and how she knows them deeply and cares for them deeply. So God, give her continued opportunities to connect into our church. And Lord, that our church also wouldn't be one that just would receive the grace of her investment. But Lord, we would be a church that would pursue her um, and, and share with her and care for her um, in, in the same kind of just, Lord, as we talked about this t- 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 today, a greater love. Uh, Lord, I just pray um, for Landon, uh, for him and his experience right now in school where he's at looking ahead to high school, God, that you would continue to guard his heart or shape him in, in, in the ways that he would need to walk faithfully with you. God, thank you for his passion to just jump into everything that I've seen him to be a part of. Lord, foster and grow that boldness, God, to continue to be a light for Jesus in the ways that he acts, in the, in the, in the ways that he speaks as, as he already has. God, thank you so much for the love that you've given um, into the relationship that that D and J have together. God, thank you that they have come in here, Lord, not knowing deeply and for many years so many people, but God, just being so open to sharing their heart for Jesus. God, giving account for what you've done, even as I've heard them talk about the, the way you've orchestrated events in their lives to move them from one side of the country to here. God, that they are... They've not just been aware, God, that you're moving, but Lord, they're obviously aware that you're still doing something and you will continue. So God, as they continue to raise Andy and their other, their other daughters, Lord, I just, Lord, ask that you just continue to give them grace to be parents of daughters. Lord, allow them to just show the love of God in their lives so that they would not seek and need the love of someone else. Lord, thank you for Andy and the, and the encouragement that she shows, Lord. I just even have seen in evidences of conversation as I've recently, Lord, I even, as, as I heard her come back to a friend and encourage her as they were returning from a retreat, just in what was ahead for her, God, thank you for the heart that you've given her, Lord, that she doesn't have to be um, the loudest and the most vocal one in the room to make the impact for the kingdom that she's been making. She just does that with the spirit and the presence that she has as she's been guided by you. So, Lord, just allow her to be shaped in identity of Jesus. God, for their time at work, their careers, their finances, their social relationships, um, Lord, with, 
with everything that goes on, we ask for the greatest blessings and generosity and purpose that you can give them. And Lord, we ask for the platforms that they can use to then share Christ and show him in a greater love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming up and joining us. Um, You guys, we love you so much. And just uh, join us in this last song.
so much for joining us today. We love you. God bless you. Go change the world.